Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. Alright, we are a little over 24 hours away from the Super Bowl. We're previewing that game, breaking it down. Also, some other news going on in the football world. The Bears, according to a source that told Ian Rappaport, will need a historical package to trade the number and overall pick. Plus, Ohio State hires Chip Kelly as their new offensive coordinator after Bill O'Brien takes the job at Boston College. We will be getting into all that on today's episode of Red Zone Radio. So the Super Bowl is here, 49ers, Chiefs. I know everybody online is upset with the Super Bowl. I will say this is a terrific matchup that we're going to get. All the Hall of Fame level players in this game, the all-time greats in this game, you have one of the best quarterbacks ever, one of the best tight ends ever, one of the best linebackers ever, one of the best offensive linemen ever, one of the best coaches ever, another coach that many people feel is the second best coach in the league. I'm one of those people. I think we have the two best coaches in the league going at it head-to-head. So, it is going to be a great game. The schemes, the defensive, we have one of the best edge rushers in the league, two of the best defensive linemen in the league, Nick Boza, Chris Jones. It is a, it is just a terrific matchup. Debo Samuel, it, just the names, just think about the names of the Super Bowl. Debo Samuel, Nick Boza, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Trent Williams. It is just a completely, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, it's a completely stacked matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. Before I start breaking things down, I wanted to touch on something about Brock Purdy. So you know I've been someone that has supported Brock Purdy. I think he's a terrific quarterback. I think he gets hated on even though he wins. So far he's been in the league for two years. His worst year is losing the NFC Championship game. And you can make an argument they would have won that game had he stayed in. So I, I don't quite understand the Brock Purdy hate. The point that people make when they say, well, I mean, look at his team. He has a lot of weapons. He has a lot of good receivers. He's a good coach. That's fair. That's a fair point. But here's the other argument I will make. People are like, well, Patrick Mahomes is carrying a roster. It's not very good. First of all, the roster is pretty good. The receiving core is not. They have had a lot of drops. That's a fair point. But my argument is, well... The reason why Brock Purdy has all these weapons is because he's the cheapest quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is not. They couldn't afford Tyreek. And I've touched on this before. They couldn't afford Tyreek Hill. When you are looking at the Chiefs and you're saying, I mean, look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing. It's terrific. And and I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to make money or getting a big contract, and he deserves it. But people are punishing Brock Purdy for having a great team. Well, part of the reason that's a great team is because he's making nothing. I mean, it's good money, obviously, but for an NFL quarterback, it isn't. Again, Patrick Holmes is worth every penny. He has proven that. But 
let's not hold it against Brock Purdy for having a good team because part of that has to do with him and himself. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl tomorrow, if he wins Super MVP, although I don't think that's necessary for the argument I'm going to make, what am I supposed to do with this? The guy will be 21-5. and five. He's currently 20-5 and five in games. Has yet to lose a playoff game. He has completely started. And if he wins tomorrow, that will continue to be the case. What am I supposed to do with that? Say, oh, you know, the team's just so good. I mean, it's just carrying him. I made this argument two weeks ago. Yes, the team is stacked. You will not convince me you will win you're going to win a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. Again, I said there were exceptions to that. Not that Nick Foles is a bad quarterback, but Nick Foles is an example where he came in in the postseason and had a good string of games. Brock Purdy now has been the quarterback for two years. He's played twenty five games. There's film on him. With this team. Other teams know what he's about. They know they've seen the film. It's not like you can say, oh, well, they don't have film on him. The 49ers, if they win the Super Bowl, he will be 21-5. and Will have not lost a, playoff, a postseason game that he has started in. And he will have a ring. So, this argument that I just continue to kind of dismiss... I'm not telling you to to think that he's as good as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's as good as those guys. But he can play. He's a good quarterback. And so I don't get this idea of, well, I mean, if he struggles in the Super Bowl, they're going to have to find someone else. The guy at 20-5. and If he wins the Super Bowl, in his first two years, he will have won a Super Bowl, only lost five games, and had tremendous postseason success. That's unheard of. That's crazy. So, this Brock Purdy hate, I don't get it. Alright, let's predict the game. So, I said last time when I predicted the Chiefs versus Ravens, I said, I think the Ravens are the better team, but I can't in good conscience bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go against my own advice here. And I'm going to pick the 49ers for a specific reason. I do think the Chiefs have the edge at quarterback. However, I think the 49ers are built... A lot like the Ravens. And I think what the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan in these two weeks, what they're going to do is they're going to say, all right, well, look, roster for roster, you can make the argument Baltimore is better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's look at the tape and see what they did wrong. And I think that's what they're going to do. And they're not going to abandon the run game. And they're going to feed Christian McCaffrey. And they're going to get to Debo Samuel, who's a complete stud. And I think Nick Bose is going to be able to get pressure on him. I think... Fred Warner's going to make a couple big plays. And I think Kyle Shane is going to scheme up great plays. Not that I don't think Andy Reid will. But I think Kyle Shanahan, he's looking for his first ring. The Chiefs have had so much success in this past four, five-year, six-year really run. Not that they're not hungry. Not that they're complacent. Kyle Shanahan wants that ring. Brock Purdy wants that ring. I'm not trying to make the argument that Patrick Holmes or Andy Reid or Travis Kelsey are complacent. But I think the 49ers... Uh, there's this something about this game. Now, it was a two and a half point. It started off as a one and a half point spread and went up to a two and a half point spread favoring the 49ers. Now, currently, as we sit here a little over 24 hours to the game, the 49ers have gone down to a one and a half point favor. So it's a coin flip game. 
It wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs won. And by the way, if the Chiefs won, what does that do for Patrick Holmes' career? But I think Kyle Shane is going to scheme up some great plays, and I'm going to pick the 49ers to get revenge on the Kansas City Chiefs. Their defense is really good. Now, the Chiefs have a really good defense, but I think if the 49ers stick to the run game, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't do what Jim Harbaugh did, he's going to be able to win this game. I think the 49ers are the better roster. I think the Chiefs have the edge at quarterback, at corner, but I just, and I know it's been against Patrick Mahomes, I just, I have to take the 49ers. Okay, a source has told Ian Rappaport, who is a very good reporter, very trustworthy, that the Chicago Bears would need a a historical package for the number one overall pick. So Caleb Williams, we all know, is absolutely a generational elite type prospect. And if you're the Bears, obviously you have a decision to make, although it seems like they made their decision, on Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a better prospect. I think they're both talented. Some people are saying, well, look, why don't you move down with get a bunch of draft picks, draft Marvin Harrison to help out Justin Fields. Or why don't you just take Caleb Williams to the surest thing at quarterback and reload. I'm curious what the packages would be. Because I do think there's an element to this where, like, if you can move down and get Marvin Harrison, get a couple first and second round picks if someone's willing to offer it to you. You're like, oh, yeah, we can make that work. Justin Fields is talented. No sure thing. Although I think Caleb Williams is phenomenal, there's no such thing as a sure thing at quarterback. So if you've seen enough with Justin Fields and you say, we want to move on from him, okay. But if you think there's something there and you build around him, you get a bunch of draft picks and high draft picks and value and foundational pieces to build your franchise. That's not a bad choice either, obviously. Okay, so the another thing I want to touch on with Caleb Williams really quick is he is an elite prospect. He is going to be taken number one by whoever is there. But one of the rumors going around was that Cliff Kingsbury, he, of course, was with the Raiders for a brief (laughs) second, and then he ended up going to the Commanders, which I think was a good hire. He had said earlier in the year, if I was an NFL team, I'd, I'd tank to get this guy. That's how good he is. So he is going to be pounding the table for Washington, to give up whatever they need to give up for Caleb Williams. That's the belief. I don't know if Chicago will budge. He's probably Caleb's probably getting up in Chicago. But if there's one team that would do it. And they have a high draft pick right there at number two. I could very well see the commanders doing that. I think Caleb Williams. Was so. Uh, attractive for a franchise to draft him. Is the fact that. He has all the traits, all of them. He has the arm strength. He has the accuracy. He has the mobility. He's not the biggest prospect in the world, but he's not tiny. And you guys know I love Kyler Murray, but he's not tiny like Kyler Murray. He's not completely reckless with the ball like Josh Allen was coming out. He's a very refined prospect. Now, he does have a little bit of hero ball, but to be fair... He kind of had to be a hero at USC if they were going to win those games. It's not like he's. It's not like he was playing at a loaded... Team, I mean, Lincoln Riley did a great job, but 
he didn't have a great offense. He didn't have a great offensive line. He had a out. He had to score fifty points in every game, even if they were playing some Pac-12 mid-tier team, because that's the only way USC could win because their defense could not stop a breeze. So he's an elite prospect. He's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see what happens come draft time. Another offensive coordinator, Chip Kelly, is now with the Buckeyes. So here's what happened: they had hired Bill O'Brien. But then he had went to Boston College because the, Jeff Halfley had left to go be the defense coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. And I think Ohio State fans, this is a better move. Not that I don't think Bill O'Brien's a great coach. I don't know how he would gel with Ohio State style of offense with Ryan Day. It's very clear. Ryan Day wanted to give the play calls. And I think a lot of Ohio State fans heard that and they're like, yeah, but you're great at play calling. Like, that's like your M.O. You're, you're a phenomenal play caller. Well, Chip Kelly was Ryan Day's mentor. They're cut from the same cloth. So, it's basically going to be like having Ryan Day there. You don't think Will Howard can develop with the talent they have at receiver and Ryan Day and Chip Kelly both coaching him? This Ohio State team is going to be good. This is a better choice. And it's surprising they left UCLA, but kind of not because UCLA, there are rumors, the boosters and everyone were getting frustrated with them, which I didn't understand. I didn't understand that at all. Why would you be frustrated with Chip Kelly? He's a great coach. But now he's going to go be an offense coordinator, probably build up his resume, and then he could go coach at a bigger program than UCLA. And I think this is the right decision. I mean, you can make an argument now. Ohio State is the best coaching staff in the country. I, I mean, first of all, I think Ryan Day is a completely hated on coach for no reason. He's lost eight games. He's won almost 60, so he's a he's a good offense. You cannot deny he's a good offensive coach. Then what they did is they brought in Jim Knowles, who's arguably one of the best defense coordinators in the country. I mean, look at that defense last year. Look how much he's improved since he's been there. Now you bring in Chip Kelly, who's going to be the offensive coordinator, with Ryan Day, Brian Hartline still on the staff. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal move. Ohio State's going to be loaded next year. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I am picking the 49ers. I'm probably going to regret it betting against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to pick the 49ers. I think they have a loaded roster. I think they are hungry and ready to win their, win their first ring. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.